Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. We're back with Sarah Scholes, science writer whose work has appeared in The Atlantic, Slate, Smithsonian, The Washington Post, Scientific American, Popular Science, Discover, New Science, and Wired. A former editor of Astronomy Magazine, she worked at the National Radio Astronomy Observatory and the location of the first ever SETI project. She lives in Denver, Colorado. Sarah, welcome back to the program. Hey, thank you for having me again. How have you been? Everything good? Pretty good. Yeah, doing well. Hanging out in Colorado, you know. I've been tracking the government lately, talking about UAPs, and they still won't come across and tell us that they think they're extraterrestrial. Why not? Yeah, it was interesting. I was actually just listening to the uh, the hearing that the um, that happened on UAP just, just the other day, and they explicitly said that they didn't they didn't think it was extraterrestrials, which um, you know is is a different direction to go. Um, I mean, I think you know they say they don't have any any evidence that that is what it is. So um, I imagine I don't know. Why do you think? I think they're afraid that people can't handle the truth. And I don't, I don't agree with that. I think people can. And I think most people would say, we knew they were real. We knew they existed. But for some reason, government just doesn't want to disclose it. Unless there's something very nefarious going on, something evil going on with them. And they don't want us to know, like these abduction cases and stuff. So many people disappear off this planet every year. Maybe they're being taken. Who knows? What do you think? Um, I mean, I, uh, I don't have anything, uh, probably like, probably like you other than, you know, the, the stories that people tell or, you know, people who do go missing. I don't, I don't know that the, uh, that that is part of what the, um, what like the Pentagon is investigating right now, but, um, I would, I would be interested to see some of that hard data on all of it. Give us your thoughts, Sarah, on just what you think is going on with this phenomenon. 
you know, I know this is a, a boring answer that nobody likes, but I uh, I try to remain agnostic about it. You know, I think it's, it's incontrovertible that lots of people see things in the sky that they can't explain or have experiences that they can't uh, explain that the, that's been true for decades and decades at least. Um, but uh, I haven't seen anything that convinces me that, that one explanation is the explanation or that the explanation is necessarily extraterrestrials myself. I know that's not something we totally agree on, but um, I, I try to keep my mind open to all the possibilities. So you're, you're so you're not leaning that way toward extraterrestrial possibilities. Not yet anyway. No, I'm not I, w- I wouldn't say I'm leaning that way no, but I would say that I don't, you know, I don't rule it out. I don't uh really rule anything out except maybe like, you know, vampires flying UFOs or something. I think that was pretty unlikely, but who knows. Well, what about the title of your book? They are already here. Yeah, that's that's a question I get a lot. I probably should have uh, titled it something different if I'm going to be so agnostic. But I think, you know, that that is something that I heard. You know, I come from the science journalism background, and so I have I've written and studied more on the search for extraterrestrial intelligence before I started looking at UFOs. And so when I would talk about that work to people who were very into UFOs, and I would say, you know, there's these scientists, searching for alien life out there, looking for their radio broadcasts, et cetera, et cetera, they would say, you know, why are they doing that? They're already here. And so it was just it was just a phrase that I heard a lot that kind of stuck with me. One of your other books is called Making Contact about the astronomer Jill Tarter. She's 79 years old, but she's best known for her work on the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Tell me how you keyed in on her. Yeah, I think that story goes back to when I was about 12 years old, which was when the movie Contact came out. Um, and uh, I realized that, you know, that makes it pretty old now. So it, it, it's a movie about astronomers who are looking for radio signals from extraterrestrial civilizations. And uh, there's an, an astronomer who's the main character who finds a signal, and that person is based on the real life Jill Tarter. And so I saw this movie when I was 12 years old. I didn't know that radio waves came from space. I didn't know that it was anyone's job to look for aliens. And I thought it was so cool that somebody got to ask these big questions about the universe and get paid for it. So I was just uh, <laughs> I was kind of obsessed, obsessed with her back then. And so then when I grew up to be a writer and needed a book topic, I thought, well, what about that thing I've kind of always been obsessed with and that person whose work I was really interested in? What do you think people, Sarah, are seeing? What are they What are they spotting? Um, I mean, I, I think at a at a basic level, just a descriptive level, I think what people most see are lights in the sky that behave in ways that other lights in the sky that they have seen have not behaved. Something anomalous, something unidentified, something that makes them notice. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't, uh, you know, subscribe to the extraterrestrial hypothesis, but I don't doubt that people are seeing strange things. I've seen strange things. I'm sure you've seen strange things. There's a lot of strange things going on up there. Well, they are, they are, and there's a high likelihood, as far as I'm concerned, that they could be extraterrestrial, but we just can't prove it yet, can we? No, it would be nice if that was the case, if they would just land for a second and let us, Say hi and see who's driving the ship. 
and come out and say hi to the world, but for some reason they don't do that. Why not? <laughs> that's, see, that's why we have to get them to land so we can ask them that kind of question. I don't, I don't have that answer. If you could investigate this, how would you start again? Where would you go? Would you go to the Pentagon? What would you do? I think, well, you know, now it's kind of different from when I started first investigating because there are a number of uh, official governmental studies. You know, we have the Pentagon um, and its uh, Aero Office is what it's called. And then, you know, there's a NASA study on UAP. And so I think if I were... If I were starting my investigation now, I would go there because those um, organizations are going to be collecting kind of systematic data, analyzing it critically, and um, producing, well, I guess the Pentagon probably won't be producing reports we can all see, but um, they, they have the most resources. And so I think I would start there, but I also think, you know, it's important to talk to people who don't work for the government about their own uh, experiences and, and things like that. So I would maybe start at, start at the data-driven level, but still go down to the person level. In terms of investigating, what do you think we need to do on this subject matter? Yeah, I think, you know, when I think about this, I think about what what did happen with the search for extraterrestrial intelligence study or, you know, looking for radio broadcasts in the sky, which is what led people to take it seriously and for it to become, you know, a, a kind of mainstream scientific topic was for people to create surveys where, you know, they were like, we're going to survey this part of the sky, looking for these frequencies at these times, at these places, and then we're going to publish it. And so I think um, it's kind of, you know, systematizing it and creating consistent data. And I think if, if this topic wants to move more into the mainstream and be taken up by different people, like that is the direction that, that it could go. And we have plenty of sensors that can collect that kind of data as as we see um, from uh, there were a couple of videos released um, yesterday or the day before or whatever the, the hearing was and so you know there's a lot that's out there that we could look at aren't you working on a book on uh, nuclear weapons and scientists yeah I sure am yeah I've spent the past couple of years going to uh, labs run by the National Nuclear Security Administration and talking to uh, yeah people who work on nuclear weapons and adjacent topics have you ever interviewed anybody who was at a nuke base who witnessed ufos shutting down missile silos uh no i have not my my book stuff was mostly focusing on the the department of energy side of things more than the department of defense side of things and so i didn't i didn't end up out there but um they would be interesting to talk to for sure Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. 
with the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Vast universe, what are the possibilities that there's extraterrestrial life out there, in your opinion? Yeah, I kind of I kind of go back and forth. I've uh, spent most of my life thinking, you know, like you said, the universe is vast. Now we know there's a whole bunch of planets. Now we know that even puny little Earth organisms can live all kinds of places. It would kind of be crazy if there was nothing else out there in the universe. But, uh, you know, then sometimes I talk to biologists who say, you know, we don't even know how life started here. How could we possibly know how likely it is to start somewhere else? It could be very unlikely. Maybe we're the only ones out there. And so uh, I've, I've actually gone back to that uh, kind of boring agnostic answer on that, too, and that we just 
We don't we don't know, but um, it would be awfully strange, I do think, if we were well, the only one. Well, if you take God out of the equation for just a moment, you then are puzzled by the universe and how it starts. I still, Sarah, of all the physicists and Earth scientists that I've interviewed, I haven't gotten the right answer yet on how things started. They can't explain the Big Bang. Nobody can. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, what came before the Big Bang? And and, and uh, how could you have something before nothing? Right. 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 I think there is a book that I haven't read. Uh, that that has a title of something like that that tries to explain it, but I can't give the answer because I haven't read the book. So, but I don't know. Do you know who the author is by any chance? No, but maybe I can look it up during one of the breaks. Okay, yeah, I'll find out about that. That's one of the biggest questions. So when you put together They're Already Here, Making Contact, what was your premise? What were you going after? Yeah, I think with with Making Contact, I was trying to just capture what it's like to, to, be, to be a scientist spending your whole life on a, a question of life in the universe that a lot of other scientists didn't take seriously, um, and just trying to solve a mystery that you thought you probably wouldn't be able to solve in your lifetime, but kind of trying to contribute to a big, a bigger project of humanity. And um, in there already here, I was talking to people who are interested in UFOs from lots of different vantage points, some of them kind of spiritual, some of them kind of political, some of them kind of conspiratorial, but they are all also united by kind of the, the same thing that motivates study scientists, which is, here's a, here's a big mystery. It's been around for a while. No one has solved it. Probably I won't either, but I'm going to like put my effort toward trying to figure it out. And so I think um, that, that to me is the premise that, that unites them, is trying to solve a really hard problem that probably takes many generations. Sarah, what do you think happened in uh, July of 1947 in Roswell, New Mexico? that one, uh, you know, I probably an unpopular opinion uh, over here, but I I think that an, a nuclear test detector fell to the earth uh, and um, was part of a, a cover-up, and uh, so I guess I buy the, the cover-up story of the cover-up, I think. Like a balloon or pieces like that, huh? Yeah, yeah, balloon carrying a sensor crashed to the ground. Somebody found it around the same time that other people were talking about UFOs, and uh, that became the story. But I also wasn't there. So, What do you think of ufologists who are dedicating their careers to trying to get this answer of whether we're alone? Uh, I think it's a very worthwhile question. I think it's one of the most important questions that, that humans can ask and you know it has within it like where did we come from how did we get here what is the point of anything i think that it's it's kind of the the all-encompassing question are we alone and so i uh full respect from me to figuring that out i'm gonna put you on the spot do you believe in life life after death uh i do not personally no what's your what's your take Oh, of course. I think it's there's something there. Again, what it is, how it got here and all that, taking God out of the equation for a moment is baffling to be sure, but I think there's there's something there. Too many people 
have witnessed too many strange occurrences. For me, not to believe that there's something else out there. Do you believe in God? Uh, no, but I think, I mean, for both, for both God and the afterlife, I, uh, you know, I will say that I, I spent a lot of my youth being, you know, pretty black and white and, uh, atheistic about both of those, but I would say I, uh, I tend on those questions to be more like I am about UFOs or life in the universe. Like, maybe I think there's not, uh, life after death, but I honestly cannot know that so so you're more agnostic you're looking for the answers as opposed to an an atheist who just doesn't believe at all right right yeah and uh yeah i wouldn't say that's me i would say i think i don't know anything in general (laughs) well you were probably like the majority of scientists who just want proof Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's a fair a fair assessment what about faith though at what point does faith come in and you have to tap into that because of the lack of proof. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I would say what what makes you have to. Like, I think I think if I wanted to have a firmer belief in something that didn't have firm proof, then I would have to tap into faith. But I, I kind of I feel pretty okay living my life feeling like I don't know very much. That's uh, that's okay with me. Lots of pilots have witnessed seeing strange things. They don't know what the, what's happening. Uh, Navy pilots, of course, with the uh, Tic Tac videos. Did you ever see that, by the way? Yeah, definitely. Many times. I mean, clearly there's something that they're tracking, and they can't keep up with it. They don't know what it is. They could not say it's extraterrestrial. They could not say it's Russian. They could not say it's Chinese. But they all, But they all agree that they don't know what they are. So they've got to be something. Yeah, I mean, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. It's got to be something. Yeah, I mean, I think it just with uh, service members, just just like with other people who see things, I think they are seeing things. Um, but I also think, you know, I was I was just listening to the the uh, the Pentagon uh, UAP uh, office hearing right before this, and. Uh, even the leader of that said, you know, human human sensors and human-made sensors, so the brain and the instruments in fighter jets, all can be subject to misperceptions or things like that. And uh, I think that, um, yeah, that, that it doesn't mean that people don't see things, but I think we don't always see or interpret things. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. 
I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.